episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Loaded Sport, where today we are going to be reviewing the weekend's football action as well as week 17 of the NFL season. But we start things off on a more sadder note after the news was released shortly after we, uh, episode 17 was released of Loaded Sport of the passing of one of football's greatest icons, Pele. He was the winner of three World Cups, scoring 77 goals in 92 games for his country was widely regarded as the greatest of all time, scoring 92 career hat-tricks as part of 1,281 goals in 1,363 games for both club and country. Shortly after retiring, he went on to be an ambassador for Brazil and played a big part in the 2016 Olympics and even appeared at the closing ceremony of London 2012 as part of the passing over from London to Rio de Janeiro for the 2016 Olympics. So uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest to ever play the beautiful game, Pele. We Lovely do move words, on. Aggie. Pun? Lovely words, Aggie. Thank you. Uh, we move on to discuss week 17 of the NFL season a little bit later on, but we'll start by talking about the second game back after the World Cup break for the Premier League. To discuss that with me, I'll start by introducing you first, and Sam, seeing as you've uh, jumped in there as well, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you, mate. I mean... It's uh, last day off, isn't it? So back at work tomorrow or well, today. Obviously, if you're listening on uh, as it drops t- today, which would be Tuesday, everyone's back at work. So you've got your head down and uh, attack the new year. Yeah, I, I, the, the other day where I thought we were actually starting back on Wednesday for some bizarre reason, I thought Tuesday was a bank holiday. So I found out on Sunday that we we're actually back on Tuesday. So it's a bit more. Upsetting, but yeah, back to work, back to normality, and things continue. Um, also, welcoming back, Kemp. Are you all right? Man without the mic, how are you doing? You all right? <laughs> For part of this, I was the man without the mic. I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, thank you, mate. Very sombre note that you opened up with, and rest in peace, Pele, one of the greatest to ever do it. But yeah, still want to use you like a glazed donut, Aggie. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, just last... just just let's stop there. Is that is that uh, is that it? Is, <laughs> you know, I'm not letting you get away with it. Is, uh, I'm not using we, it anymore. I'm done. Are we addressing the elephant in the room here? R.I.P. R.I.P. You want to? I think so, the, so we've, the we've got two R.I.P.s here. I think the natural end to man with the mic is when Adam no longer had a mic. So rest in or, peace, Pele to the man with the mic skit. I've, uh, it's what are we eighteen weeks in now? Yeah. And it's getting more and more difficult every single week to uh, try and come yeah. up with a witty one. And for the past three weeks, I've pretty much failed at that, apart from the Feliz Navidad one. So uh, that was a good one. Rest in peace, 2022 20, to 2023, Man with the Mic. Man with the Mic dies with Pele. Two of the greatest of all time. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll just point out, it didn't even technically make it to 2023 because this is the first episode and you've not said it. So it will mm. forever live in 2022. It's in the past. Locked away. Good. And, and uh, Skin, you're kind of introducing yourself again. That's absolutely fine. How are you doing? Oh, fucking hell. How, fuck living? Fuck dare you? How dare you? How dare you? No, no, no. He does it every nerve. week. He says to me, introduce him last. And granted, I well, didn't one week. I forgot. I did it second. This time, he now you know right. gets involved. And there you go. And number, number one, 
I didn't ask you to do that this week. And number two, I've not said fuck all, but you were all having a conversation, so I kind of felt like I was being left out, so I wanted to get in on it. Is that I'm right? sorry you felt left out, mate. I hope you feel yeah. more a part of it now. How are you no, doing? No, not really, mate. She made me shit for it. I'm all right, mate. Like like the rest of the lads, a bit, bit sad that it's Monday evening. We're back at work tomorrow, but let's uh, let's try not to let it affect us too much because there'll be a lot of people listening to this that will be in the same boat, so we need to help drag them through that first day or two don't we so let's make, make them it worth it. It. Don't, don't be sad it's over be glad it happened yeah you even say that yet? now but to say that again tomorrow morning mate when you're dragging yourself out of <laughs> yeah. bed you'll remind me of that very same saying and oh, i'll say go and fuck mate. yourself yeah 8 <laughs> a.m mate i'll be all over that and uh, no better way to kick things off into the new year is the opening of the transfer window we spoke briefly about some rumors that we thought might come into fruition over the next 28 days or so um, there's been a few rumours that have been linked around and about. Manchester United once again in for another couple of players. Skin, I think, I apologise if it was anybody else. Skin, I think it was you that posted earlier. Um, the situation surrounding uh, Frankie de Jong. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that just for the thoughts of the lads. Frankie de Jong yeah. was a player that United were massively linked with in the summer. And the rumours were, A, he didn't want to go to a team in rebuild. B, he wasn't a fan of moving his family to Manchester and they were quite settled in in Barcelona where they are now. And now all of a sudden, United are looking much better, looking like they're, they're in form. They've, they've just off the back of winning five games in a row for the first time since April last year. Um, a lot of that or a lot of key stuff that's going on in that team at the moment is through Casemiro, who was a player that they signed off the back of. Frankie de Jong's rejection in the summer and now apparently, as you mentioned there, the rumours are that he is he's opened up that communication with Eric Ten Hag and saying that he, he likes how they're looking, he likes the work he's doing and he's, he's interested in, in being a part of that team. Now, on paper, de Jong and Casemiro anchoring that midfield is, is an absolutely fantastic idea. I'm just not really sure how it sits with me in terms of him not wanting... Sam, I'll let you cover it because you said it best, but not, as you say, wanting to roll his sleeves up and being yeah. a part of that initial sort of rebuild. Yes, exactly that. I think it's, Ten Hag's essentially having to start from scratch and, and rebuild an entire culture in that team. He's wanting a, a team that's full of people that are gonna are, that want to be there. In the, in the past, over the last five, six, seven years, that just hasn't been the case. They've had Pogba, they've had Lingard, where they're just all about social media, all about how they look on the outside, don't really care about the work they're actually putting out, the product on the field. And I think that... Frankie de Jong is essentially mirroring exactly that. He, he, he had the chance to leave. I know there was a lot with his wages, obviously. I know Barcelona yeah. owed him a lot of money and he, and he kind of wanted the money, which is obviously fair. He's, he's earned the money and he, and he was well entitled to that and they should have paid him there and then. But So that was obviously a big big anchor in him not coming. But yeah, it was quite clear that he, didn't, he just didn't want to join because the club was in a bit of a rebuild and a bit of a mess. But it, like you say, it's seen what Ten Hag's doing, wonderful work seems to be making all the right decisions. And now all of a sudden he wants to be a part of that. And you just think, well, you know, it's, a bit, it's all sunshine and rainbows now, but where were you six months ago when it were a bit rough? So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I, 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 I'm just I'll coming be... on this one and provide a bit of a different perspective. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. That's what we're finish for. Your, finish your sentence, Sam, obviously. I don't want to interrupt you. No, you go for it, mate. It's, so, it's no good if we're all sat here wanking each other off a green, is it? We need. Uh, oh, well, no, I'd rather that. I wish you would. I would <laughs> rather that happen. To be fair, get the new year started off in the right way. But no, I'm going to sort of disagree. If if that's okay, of course. Um, I, I think Frankie de Jong at the time was was right in doing what he did. I think he's like you say, Sam. He's worked and he's, he's played. I'm going to say he's worked hard for his money because he hasn't. 
but you know, football he's, he's terms, definitely, yeah, yeah. But but he's played and he's you know he's done what he needed to do and he's gone about it the right way. He's never said that he wanted to join Manchester United. He's never said, oh, I'll join for X amount of money. You pay, you pay what Barcelona won't pay me, and you reimburse me that as a sign-on fee, and then I'll sign. You know, I actually don't blame him for doing what he did because you look at Manchester United when at the start of the season when Ten Hag came in, they were very much an unknown quantity. Ten Hag was still a very much unknown quantity, even though De Jong knows Ten Hag, obviously, and knows what he's capable of. You know, I think from Frankie de Jong's perspective, he's at Barcelona where he knows what the score is. Somehow they're still bringing players into the club. God knows how. No but idea. He's, 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 he's owed some money. He's happy where he is with his family. They're quite settled. I think him and his missus recently got married. I'm, I don't want to quote that if it's wrong. I couldn't tell you. But yeah. he was quite settled. Six months down the line, circumstances have changed. It changed. But I'm, I'm sure it was more or less like a done his... deal. I'm sure it was like... It was heavily. It was very close. Fees have, yeah, fees have been agreed. Yeah, fees, it, it fees agreed with the, the clubs is different to contract money. though. That's the thing. Yeah. Fees, fees agreed is Manchester United and Barcelona saying, "Will you take this?" And Barcelona saying, "Yes." That's nothing to do with Frankie De Jong. Ultimately, that's that's out of his remit. But when it got to him, he said no, and he never ever once said yes. And I think just sort of going on your comparison there with a Pogba or, or somebody like that is that. They quite could quite easily could have said, No, Man United aren't what they were, I don't want to come. But they didn't. They said, Oh, look, look at all that boatload of money. I'll go there and I'll put in a subpar performance and I'll earn loads of money while I'm doing it. Frankie de Jong could have done that at the start of the season, said, Oh, I'll take all that money, no problem at all. That's great. But actually, he's by, he's bided his time, he's waited to see what the outcome is with Ten Hag, to see what the club are doing, and mm. now he's in the position where he feels as though it's a right move for him to make. And the reason I'll sort of back Frankie de Jong on this one is if you flip it on its head, how many times have you seen clubs where in the summer they've been balls deep on signing someone and then in January that person's fallen off a cliff and they don't want to sign him anymore, they've gone right off him. It's the exact same thing, it's just the other way around. So if it's best for his career, if it's best for his football, if it's best for his family, do it in January. What You know, you don't have to do it when other people are telling you to do it. I think if he yeah. does go to the club, I think he'll give it 110%. It's and a fair comment. I just I, think, obviously, the fact that he now wants to come six months later, that, that tells me that six months ago, he, he did want to come. It wouldn't just randomly turn on a sixpence. I think it was a lot... with the family thing as well. That yeah, being a big I, think, reason, I think he was close to joining. I think he wanted to. I think there was just a couple of hurdles in the way. Obviously, the money with Barcelona was a big issue. And I just think if he's looked at United, there was a bit of a shithole. And I'm just saying, I wish he had a bit more, he would have had a bit more faith in the time in Ten Hag. It's a man he knows well. That, that, and I'm just thinking, if 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 you're that close to him as as it's it, it's perceived, I think I think he probably should have put a bit more stock in him, and he just didn't really he didn't really do that. And I just thought, you know, the family thing I agree with. I do agree that the family circumstances, and we don't know their circumstances, but that they are unlikely to change within six months. But from a footballing decision, I completely agree with with what he's done and and why he's bided his time and not gone straight away. Because Ten Hag could have come, gone in there, it could have been a complete mess. They could have sacked him by January, and then De Jong signed a four year deal, and there's no way out of it. So 
he's, he's, he's done the right thing for himself at the time. The family thing sounds like it's a bit of a cop out if he does want to come through now. And that's the bit that I do agree with you, with you both on. Yeah. But in terms of, but in football in terms, like I say, clubs do that all the time. They'll wait, they'll see, oh, yeah, you're they'll, right. they'll see what a player's looking like for the next six months. And then they might sign him in the summer when it was hot in January and they might miss out on him in that way. And, you know, De Jong ran the risk of missing out on Man United and missing out on that, that big money move in that, that big, bigger contract. And he's, he's took the risk. He's bided his time and, and Ten Hag is still interested in him. And that for me is a massive, massive sign because if Ten Hag didn't think he was the right character, then it, it'd have completely brushed it off by now and said, no, I'm not interested in having him because he turned us down. True. And that probably begs the question, do you think United now need him? I'll let Dawson go with that one first, with him being the fan. Do you, would you say, obviously, he's going to sit, probably sit at the side of Casemiro, um, and I'd imagine that means Bruno would push further in towards a camp position. Do you yeah. think, do you think he, they'd need him? I, while you've been talking about that, I've literally just been waiting to say, like, the idea of Casemiro and Frankie de Jong, as that, that anchor sounds enticing. Currently, oh. Christian Eriksen is playing in that role, um, which... Bruno has been so he's been playing in that camish sort of role. It's it's been a mix of a four two three one slash four three three with Bruno playing in that sort of number ten role, regardless yeah. of of that setup. So I don't think there'll be too much of a change in terms of his approach or or sort of objectives on the pitch. It'll be more what Christian Eriksen has been doing at the moment, which has been that link between defence and attack. Which, to be fair to him, he has done very well. But when you look at Six months ago, nine months ago, over this last year, it's been McTominay and Fred not looking at like they're anywhere near the level required to play for no. Manchester United. The idea of Casemiro and Frankie de Jong now being that anchor is it's it's a big change. And with someone like Eric Ten Hag and the style of football he likes to play and the style of football he's got them playing, Frankie de Jong is going to be pivotal and, and massive for, for what Ten Hag's sort of objectives are over the next few years. So, yeah, I'm off field, not issues as such, but reasons why he hasn't come already aside, purely on the pitch. I'm, I'm very, oh, very excited about what... 100%, like. yeah. There's, there's absolutely no question of his quality and it, it would make an impact and it, it would... I definitely getting ahead of Ed Eriksson for me. Eriksson yeah, has played would. really well, actually. He's been, a, he's been a pretty solid pickup for United, I think. Um, I just think since he's had his issues with his heart and everything, I just always feel like he's got that little bit of a ceiling and I don't think he's, he's, quite, he's quite been the same player since he has come back from that, which is, you know, fair enough. I mean, it, it, anyone that would come back from something like that, it, it's completely understandable. But Yeah, you've I always got it in like, the back of your mind, haven't yeah, you? Like, I feel like it, it, it can't ever give that 100%, you know, it's it box to box, up and down all the time. I'm always, I'm almost a bit worried for him when he does things like that. And he, you can see he get quite red in the face sometimes and I just think, calm down a bit, lad, you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to happen again. But even long term as well, like Ericsson's thirty years old and he's not going to be. I think yeah. he's signed to the end of next season. I want to say I might be wrong. It might be this season, but I'm sure it's the end of next season. So, in terms of long term as well, Frankie De Jong, currently twenty five years old, he's not even at his peak and playing at the level that he has done over the last three or four years. He comes in on a four or five year contract. You, you're set up for for well quite a long time. Casemiro yeah. is you know in his thirties himself as well, so he's going to be sort of the veteran in that setup. So, yeah, no issues whatsoever with what Ericsson's done. And again, his off-field issues aside and, and health issues, it's, it, I think, more of a case of long-term. It, it is a massive upgrade. But I do want to point out as well, Kemp there said a few times, or mentioned a few times about players in the past 
taken a boatload of money to, for a subpar performance and somehow managed to avoid mentioning Gareth Bale. So I think that needs to be acknowledged, mate, and, and say well done to you, mate, for focusing on the task and not finding a reason to bring Gareth Bale into the conversation. <laughs> well, who have you been talking to? Just off message. I'm not saying anything, mate. I'm not saying Who anything. Who have you been talking to? When they hear it, mate, they'll I'm sure they'll appreciate that getting a mention. <laughs> Shaft Klein, you both twats. <laughs> Can't wait to have them on. <laughs> Shaffy, yeah, Shaffy will get. I'll tell you what, you talk about Gareth Bale, right? But the person that Shaft's going to be gunning for is Sav and Adam. Because being an Arsenal, Arsenal fan for yeah. so long, being an Arsenal fan for so long, he's he's had enough of you bigging him up because he knows for a fact that if if if, if they start getting uh, start smelling their own shit, then uh, they'll they'll definitely bottle it as Arsenal do. Once he wants everybody to be backing everybody else and not <laughs> Arsenal. Him. As it as it stands, they'll be on sometime in March, which, as we know, is a couple of months away yeah. from now. So that table is oh. going to be looking very interesting when we get to if that Arsenal point. Either way. For that, I actually hope they're still on top for when he comes on the podcast. It'd be, be interesting. Nice anyway, Aggie, that's uh, that's a long conversation about Frankie De Young, but I think it's given some good insight and, and different perspectives on the situation. Yeah, there's a couple of other transfers that I've got noted down as well. Another one, including Manchester United, probably not as easy for them to make the signing of, is Dumfries from Inter Milan. I've seen oh, a couple of rumours, but yes. they're going to be facing competition from Chelsea for that signing now. Really? I'm, With Reese James? This is just the rumours that I've seen. There's going to be competition yeah. from Chelsea to be signing. If I'm honest, I think at the moment... United look like the more desirable to go to. They're, they're fighting yeah, for the Champions 100%. League in a very strong position. Chelsea are very much struggling. They've played a bit of nice football, but the performance, the results don't really match that. They're outside of Europe entirely, I think, at the moment. They're fighting to stay within the top 10 of, of the Premier League. So I think if the opportunity was to go to Dumfries, I think that's where Manchester United get the right back from. And I think over the World Cup, I think there's been plenty of comments made about him. That, that probably strengthens how good of an argument it is for Manchester United to be looking at him. The Dutch connection, isn't it? The yeah, Dutch connection, yeah. it's uh, growing within Manchester United. I'm all for it, I am. I think it'll oh, be uh, definitely. a little sprinkling of Dutch talent in that in that team. And I think uh, I think it'll elevate them no end. If we can get a nice little Netherlands-style black away shirt as well, that'll, be, uh, that'll do yeah. everyone a trick, won't it? I know the Nike makes their kits, but... If we can get something along the lines of what they've had over the last couple of years, we can't go for the famous orange because it's too close to the red. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting summer. Uh, Eric Tenag is quoted as saying, as they are looking at forward options. So again, we've spoke about Frankie there. We spoke about Denzel there, both sort of midfield and, and back towards and, well defence. So maybe not the top of their list with when Ten Hag's focus being on the attacking options. But we spoke about that last week, so we don't really need to go in. Uh, too much on on potential options, but yeah, I've seen a couple of loan uh, potentials, which again we spoke about. So we'll see what happens. It's only just opened. No doubt it'll be left to the last minute, and then we'll end up screaming. <laughs> new name, new, new name. I seen uh, sprinkled about today. We United was uh, Marcus Taram, twenty five year old, yeah. uh, plays for yes. uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, yeah, is that is actually out of contract in the summer. And I've seen the United are currently keeping tabs on him, and I think that'd be a it'd be a great pickup. But again, it's another wide player, isn't it? It's like I don't, yeah, I don't know it's, it's got the, it's got the option of playing up top, but yeah, you, we you want that number nine. We're we're talking about a lot of number tens, a lot of number elevens, and it is a modern game. There, are, you know, a lot of those sort of leading forwards like Mbappe. He likes playing off that main striker, but he can play off top. 
you know, Messi can play up top, but likes playing off that main striker. Neymar as well. A lot of these top, top sort of forwards these days have the option of both, but United really need that out and out number nine, like a Harry Kane, like a Vlahovic, who we spoke about last week, like a, an Edin Dzeko, someone like that, a Mandzukic. Just, you know, just as you mentioned then Harry Kane, if United going for Harry Kane now, do you think Kane makes that jump, given the opportunity? I don't I think, think so. Think yeah, if he does not to. Him if I, were United. I, I just, I, I feel like his window's gone in yeah. terms of getting that big move. He, he was linked with Chelsea a lot and it looked like it was going somewhere. He's been linked with United. That's not thinking of a job. Like a Madrid. City, oh, anyone. Yeah. City, yeah, City was, course, was yeah, on his way, weren't he? He was trying to force a move. But yeah, uh, no, it just it just didn't happen. It just remind me. It would remind me of a similar signing to Van Persie a few years back for United. They signed him just shy of thirty, and they were yeah. an unbelievable signing for a couple of years. And I think he'd do a similar yeah. job, to be honest. But that's not what his game need, plan was. It? Just give the ball to him. Well, that's not what United like need. And I, and I don't think. Yeah, but not for two years. You know, they, they're rebuilding a side and they're trying to bring young players in that can do the job for the next few years. If you well, not, not everyone now, can do that. You look at a Casemiro signing, like yeah, you, not you every single signing. No, they can't, but there are there are options out there that are better than Harry Kane for that. Dusan Vlahovic being one of them. Yeah. I think, uh, speaking of Arsenal, mentioned obviously just then, is a uh, close signing to uh, Mudrick. Yeah, they've, they've agreed. It's, it's been in London. Well, no, they've agreed personal yeah. terms now on a five-year that's, contract. That's what so. I mean. Yeah, so they've made an improved offer. I think they've accepted it, and obviously, the personal terms I don't think were a problem anyway. I think yeah. it was just the um, the the fee. So they've looked we'll they've looked good, aren't they? Since uh, and again, apologise to uh, to your mate Campier talking about on but they they've looked very very good, haven't they? Beat Brighton away four two. We spoke about the 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 injury to Jesus and how that might affect them. But uh, Unketi has come in and scored two goals in two games, beating West Ham 3-1 and Brighton, as I mentioned, there 4-2. So don't look like, for now, anyway, that that loss of Jesus for the foreseeable future or the short-term future is going to affect them too much. They've scored seven goals in two games. So Yeah, I, I get it. And I'm doing Shafi a favour here and he'll love me for it, but I am going to play him down again. There's only been 16 games gone. We're not at the end of the season. We're halfway through. No, of what, course. Seven, seven points clear. You know, I think I've got a lot of That's a big gap, by the way. If I'm City, no. that's a big gap. No, it's, it's a, it's no a big team gap, has ever it's... failed to win the league when being that yeah. far ahead. It's league. a big gap, but then you look at City that go on runs where they win 15 games in a row and you look at it thinking, hmm, City have got that in the locker. And, and, you're, and they are. Again, I'm not, saying, so I'm not saying that Arsenal... Yeah, but I'm not saying Arsenal, are, there's no chance. Of course, there's, you know, there's definitely a chance. But it's it's typical media and typical pundits that Arsenal are the top of the league in, in New Year. Bearing in mind, we've got a delayed fixture list and everyone's getting carried away. That's it. We, you know, I think Arsenal are going to win the league. Let's everyone just settle down. If in March, yeah, when it's, it's, Sheffield gets on it's, the it's what you're going to do, isn't it? You're going to yeah, talk no, about no, it, right? Not all. Yeah, you can talk about it, but a lot of these people saying, oh, I think, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. It's fucking January. These Relax. people, you mean, Ag and Sam, mate, call them out. If you <laughs> call them out. I met more pundits on like, talk sport <laughs> Someone, or whatever. Someone's actually worth the salt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'll take your opinion over Tony Cascarino's. So, yeah, that's a uh, very good yeah. point. Yeah, oh, but like Dawson said, though, no team has ever been top at this point and not won it. So that's why people are talking. No, but no team in this recent City team, no team's ever had this this much of a gap on them. And no, got, I understand. I'm not saying you can't not. talk about. No, they've all played 16. All played, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 
apart from Newcastle, who've played 17. Yeah, and I, no, I'm not, 17. I'm not saying you can't talk about Arsenal as contenders. They're definitely contenders. There's no question about that. Like, they are definitely contenders. But when I hear people saying that, you know, oh, you know, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it because it's January. You know, just everybody just relax. Just well, relax. I've I've been fully on the City train uh, and I've been with you, Kemp, saying I think Arsenal will drop a couple of injuries, but Jesus got injured. We worried about that. Like I said, Umketia's come in and, and picked up like, you know, nothing. Kemp even, even dropped Tommy Asu as a reason they didn't fucking drop points. I think. Mate, Tommy Asu, no, but Tommy Asu is de- actually a decent player. He's a decent player, but they're, they're cracking on with Atom. That's, that's the point. Oh, they are definitely, and they're doing very well. They're doing very well. But, but again, look at you know, look, it's January. Look at City's recent results. They they drew with Everton at the weekend, where fair enough, Everton only had a couple of shots on goal, scored their goal with the first shot on goal after just after an hour, and, and dominated. But they didn't get across the line. They beat Leeds away, which is fair. But then you go back to before the World Cup, lost to Brentford at home, uh, scraped past Fulham at home. They yeah, and they don't and they don't seem they don't see themselves in many ways. They don't see themselves in many yeah, ways. No. But and I just think that experience is just going to come through in the back end of the season. And to be quite honest, I don't think it'll even take till March for me to have that conversation about Arsenal because their next fixtures are Newcastle at home, Tottenham away, Man United at home, Everton away. All right, fair enough. Brentford at home, and then Man City at home. Yeah, but so, so yeah, but cities are equally like next that. six seven yeah, fixtures. Yeah, but that, again, but we're going to talk about City as well. But on this conversation, let's talk about Arsenal in five games and let's see where they both are after that tough run of fixtures. Yeah, that's no, the plan, mate. It's kind of the format of the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's understandable. Nobody, them, nobody but obviously, I think, I think two, two weeks ago, I, I read out City's fixtures on, on Everton at home, uh, Chelsea I know. away, I know. Uh, United away, Tottenham at home, and then Tottenham away. And you were like, yeah, there's only one game there I'd be worried about United, and mm. they battered him. And all of a sudden, yeah. they've drew at home with Everton, which was definitely not one of the games I was even using to make a point to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that, that's the point in it's a Prem, you, you, you know, you're going to have these, this, these hard runs. And like, yeah. like you rightly Again, said with Arsenal. See where yeah. they are at the end of it. Yeah. I just, again, I'm, I'm listening to all these people getting on the hype train, getting on the hype train, and I'm sort of inadvertently like Shafi's wet dream in the sense that <laughs> I don't think Arsenal are in the league and I don't Mate, particularly want them to win the board. league. Jump aboard. But Shaft, Shaft doesn't want me to, anybody to talk about him because he wants to play it down. So yeah, yeah, It's different I, though, um... isn't it? It's just anybody but City. That's why it's exciting. That's why people are jumping on it. It's like, we might have another contender yeah. here that's not fucking City. We're not, no, it's we're no exciting. Longer, we're, not, we're not a farmer's league. We've definitely. got another competitor. Definitely <laughs> exciting. No, definitely exciting. And you know what? If Arsenal did win it, then, then fair play to him. And I would be happy to see Arsenal win it because they played some lovely football. But at the same time, I just think it's typical football. It's the typical media, British media or any media in the, you know, especially in social media these days, somebody starts going on a good run and that's it. They're the best thing since sliced bread. So maybe that's just my old fashioned, old school uh, way of thinking Boldness. about it. Maybe. Boldness, perhaps. Yeah. Bold. Phil Mitchell. Phil Mitchell-esque <laughs> thinking on that one. Yeah. Aggie, yes. town one four one at weekend. Not doing too bad, are they? No, and the fact that Notts County dropped points has uh, encouraged me ever so slightly. If Langstaff goes, I honestly think we're finishing top two. I, I think Notts County will still make playoffs, but I think it'll finish be second, they'll let you it. fucked, aren't you? Pardon? Oh, <laughs> if you yeah, finish you second, they'll let you No, we're still in playoffs. Still in playoffs. You just get home advantage Yeah, there's about 13 teams in playoffs, though, isn't there? It's not oh, easy. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's horrible playoff format. Horrible. It's worse, mate. It's literally the worst. No, it's it's horrible. Horrible. 100%. Two, not ideal. Two games that end on Notts County, and you're nine points behind. So if you can win those two, granted one of those against Wrexham, so 
that's going to be big. Uh, you, you'll be three points behind Notts County, so it'll be interesting to see. Can't wait for for Saturday. Think I'm going to the FA Cup game, but we'll we'll discuss Ooh, nice. that on uh, yeah on our preview show. Probably worth anyway. a shout as well, just before we do sort of shift on. Championship table looks like Sheffield oh, waiting for it. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Josses, mate. We've started at bottom. If we're going up, if we're going one up, we're starting at bottom. We've got League One <laughs> first, mate. Well, we've just gone from Premier League down to National yeah, League. Yeah, so I've, 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 I've been waiting for fucking Derby winning 4 0 today. <laughs> Adam spun the wheel. It's actually League Two next, so both of you can <laughs> wait. Yeah. Right. Well, Leighton Orient and Stevenage are looking like the ones. So, uh, oh, mate. Yeah, Stevenage scraped a win today against bottom at table, Gillingham. Adam has me lock, which we'll get to but also on last man standing and I were I were touch tight on old bumhole for for last 15 20 minutes but no you're right you're right Kemp there to mention Sheffield United another win now six points behind Burnley with a game in hand though but I think the the important thing is if we look at the place below they're currently eight points, points clear of black it's eight points clear of Blackpool yeah. with a game in hand in it Blackburn, 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 Blackburn sorry Blackburn yeah, yeah. Uh, eight yeah. points clear of Blackpool as you say with a game in hand Blackburn. So <laughs> Bad Bad so, that that uh, automatic promotion place is looking more secure. Blackburn as well still haven't drawn a game this season. It's they've won, won fourteen and lost twelve. No and they've draws. got a, they've that. got a zero goal a difference, zero goal as, goal well. difference yeah. as well. So satisfying. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So yeah, it's uh, it seems like a positive time to be a Sheffield United fan, mate. Yeah, and I predicted at the start of the season that we'd probably finish in the playoffs, but. Yeah, I mean, you look at players like Illum and Jai, Bogle and Lowe are really coming into their own now. They're coming back to full fitness. Sanderberg's, you know, pretty consistent. He's not knocking it out of the water, but Ollie Norwood seems to have got a bit of a career renaissance. Oliver McBurney as well, he's, he's scoring, well, in recent times before the injury in the and the court case, he was scoring goal after goal after goal. So it's looking positive. We've got a decent squad. We've got some good young players, so... Fingers crossed we can get promoted and uh, and keep players like Illiman and Jai on the books because that's very, very important. Very important. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because that was going to be my next question. We Langstaff, Macaulay Langstaff of Knox County is a is a loaded sport, cult icon. We, we like to back him in the scores. We, Aggie's you, mentioned you, a lot you. about... Yeah, I do. Uh, Aggie, you have as well. Um, you didn't we like, like to mention him or talk about a, a potential move to a league club in, in this transfer window. But you look at uh, an Ilaman and Jai, as you mentioned there, and he, him being an integral piece, could he potentially be looking at a Premier League move in January, do you think, as, as a sort of lower table slash mid-table team might come sniffing at him? And, and I bloody talent. hope not. I bloody hope not. And I think as well, if you look at, you know, a lower end team, I think it definitely depends on who it is. Because I think if it was somebody like a Southampton or something like that, unless they were blowing us out of the water in terms of contracts, in terms of money they were willing to offer, I'm not sure he'd go. Because you look at it now, we're eight points clear of Blackburn with a game in hand. The likelihood is, and I'm, I'm saying this under no pretenses that we're definitely going to go up but we're looking like we are one of the favourites so for us to go up and for it to take him with us rather than go to Southampton and risk getting relegated back into the championship again after six months I don't think that'd be a wise move for him but yeah it's it's most definitely a, a possibility a Premier League club, club could come after him and that's something that Sheffield United have been used to in the past we've developed good young players and had to see them go but I think with the Prince, I know he has put the club up for sale, but with the Prince in, in his attitude towards it, he will not let those players go unless he thinks that their valuation's met. And I think it's quite a hefty valuation on eliminating Jai at the moment. So 
I think he'll stay until the end of the season. I don't think he'll go in January. But then I think the biggest thing is, is just hoping we get promoted and hope we can tie down a bigger contract and a longer contract for Illiman and Jai because I, I truly do think he is one of the best players if in the championship. And I think, you know, he's 22 years of age. He's got a very, yeah. very bright future. So if we can tie him down for a couple of seasons in the Premier League and then hopefully he gets a big money move and um, all the best to the lad. But yeah, fingers crossed for now he stays. Fair enough. Well, uh, I suppose we'll move on to League One and give Sam the opportunity to talk about Derby after, as yes. you mentioned, that 4-0 win today. Currently sitting fourth place. Jumped they up, mate. We've jumped up. Fourth massively. place. Now, there is a, a big stack in that League One playoff run. Um, Bristol Rovers in 11th place are only six points off the playoff, so it's quite congested in that race for the playoffs. But Derby do seem to be the informed team. They yeah. sit second in the last five games. Ten goals scored, one conceded, 11 points. So they're in brilliant form, mate. Talk us through what you predict for Derby for the second half of the season. Yeah, I think for the second... Because I can't get words out. At the start of the season, obviously, went through all this uh, trouble. We essentially didn't... was close to not existing as a club. And I said to Kemp a few times, I said, you know, if we just take this season as just a pure stabiliser, mid-table finish, just, you know, get a, get a squad. I think we had four players on books at one point. Yeah. Uh, just get a squad together, get them gelling for a year, mid-table finish, then really push on next year. This has been by far and away better than anything I could have imagined, to be honest. I know we sit at fourth and people are thinking, fucking, I'll get a life. But yeah, fourth place, mate. I'm uh, I'm I'm more than happy with that. We've got a game in hand on Ipswich as well, um, which would put us if we win that would put us six points behind. Um, and I think we could, we we shown last year when um, if you remember the point deduction in the championship, I think we were like yeah, twenty one points. We absolutely, but we we really closed that gap. So I think that motivation is there. You know, I know it was a Rooney staff, but they've shown in in recent years that they can overcome point differentials. So. With it being a current nine-point gap, with us having a game in hand, I think we can really start pushing on towards a, towards an automatic. Myself, Chef, Chef Wednesday won today. They've just gone into that automatic spot now. They've overtaken Ipswich, who uh, they haven't won into. In, I think only won once in the last four games. Ipswich, so they've they've hit a bit of a rough patch. And I think if we uh, if we got got our heads down now, I, I really do think we can be competing for that Chef Wednesday's uh, second spot. Myself. Very interesting. It's a, it's a long second half of the season to come. But a, lot, a lot of football loaded, to be played. A lot of football to be played at every single level. We've got an input and an insight to every single level and a lot of intrigue and attention and and a lot of our hearts could be broken over the next few weeks and months, but we'll be there every single week to uh, to keep track of how it's going. Very surprised when we were talking about the championship, you didn't mention Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough. But oh mate, oh mate. Move on from that. <laughs> team, team to watch in 2023. I put on the forum the other day. Um, <laughs> they are looking fantastic. I've seen something. It was only maybe about 10 minutes long the other day, but just talking about the style of football he's got them playing. And yeah, look out for them in the second half of this season. Are we going through them at all on this episode? Go through them now. I'd yeah. love to go through you. Oh. Bless you. Do that as well think... if you want. Yeah, we can go through them now. Just just mention as well at the time of uh, recording this, Brentford have just taken a one 0 lead over Liverpool. Who scored? It was um, an own goal from Bye. a corner. It was bizarre. Yeah, it looked like Westbrook. I think it was <laughs> Fabinho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unreal that way, isn't it? Bless him. I think it was uh, Fabinho that had done it. 
Could be now, naughty boy. Uh, it's gone down as uh, Kanate. Kanate. Ibrahima Kanate. Yeah. Funny thing is, when this goes live tomorrow, someone's going to be listening to this thinking, calm down, you fucking idiots. They lost 2 1. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liverpool 1 5. One yeah. of them going Nightmare. Right, yeah, now by all means, go through what we've uh, a, a review of 2022 and let's have a look towards 2023. Skin, you've already mentioned one of yours, so we'll start with you if you want to go ahead and pretty much just answer the questions you put on the forum. Yeah, so what I put on the forum was just, it, it was only small, it was only sort of a, a mini review of the year and, and highlighting what you thought was your, and Kemp, you haven't got Facebook, so I'll quickly go through these so you can have a think, but your club of the year at any level in any league, your player of the year in any at any level in any league, your most improved team and your young player of the year, and then also a team and player to watch in 2023. So for myself, um, I put Real Madrid as the team of the year. We're very successful in the league, won the Champions League. So I think when you're looking at that top, top elite level success, uh, I think you've got to look at Real Madrid as the club of the year. Lionel Messi is my player of the year. He's got the 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 photo, the picture that will last for eternity of him holding that World Cup up. So you, you've got to give him that, I think. Uh, my most improved team of the year has to be Newcastle. I know we've spoken a lot about takeovers and money and all that kind of stuff. But this time last year, they were sat 19th in the Premier League yeah. and now they sit second in the Premier League. So I've got to give it them. And awesome. then my young player of the year, uh, I'm giving Jude Bellingham. We, we know what he did in the World Cup at international level at just 19 years of age. But... For, for club, he is becoming integral and a, a massive anchor for that Borussia Dortmund team. He's captained them in the Champions League at just 18 years of age. That says a lot about what he's doing at club level as well. So I've got to give him young player. And my player and also my team and player to watch, I've just mentioned it there, Middlesbrough, I've got as my team to watch. I think they're going to have a very successful second half of the season. And I don't think, they can close that gap on on the automatic promotion spot with the gap that's there in the the place they were in when Carrick took over. But I certainly think that if they can keep this up, they've got to be favourites for the playoffs in that third promotion spot. And then I've got Gar Garnacho of Man United as my player to watch for 2023. He's only just over the last few weeks started to get minutes and game time for Manchester United's first team. He looked very exciting in pre-season, but that's a different story. And the World Cup break has obviously hindered that ability and that potential for time. So I think over 2023, he's going to get more chances, more opportunities. And I think he is, I'm not going to say he's the new Ronaldo, like a lot of people have been saying based off of little game time, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can produce over this next 12 months for United or maybe another club if he, he thinks he's ready for a, a play for a team where he's going to play every single week. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's my thoughts on Twitter. I don't think United will sell him, to be honest, whether he wants it or either. not. Magwan Loom. There we go. Um, Sam, we'll come across to you for yours. Yeah, I'll just uh, go through it briefly. Um, I, I took a bit of a left turn, actually. I, I thought I'd just do a Premier League affair, so I haven't gone abroad. Um, and I've gone, the best team for me has been Arsenal over the last 12 months. I think they've... Um, Arteta's oh, done a brilliant job of just getting them to, <clears throat> to compete at the level of Man City. I think that's um, a fair pick for anyone that might sort of turn the nose up at that because if you look at the league games played in 2022, City and Liverpool sit on 79 points and Arsenal on 77. So there are only two points off of both of those for the for the calendar year of 2022. Yeah. So for anyone that might think that's a bit extreme just because they're top at the minute, I think it's a fair choice. Yeah. Um, and best player, I'm going to go Kevin De Bruyne. I think 
pre-World Cup, I think he was absolutely outstanding. And I know the World Cup seems to have thrown a bit of spanner in his works and he hadn't seemed to have bounced back from yeah. that, that for that kind of form. But obviously, you've got to think the World Cup was like mid-November, so there's a whole year prior to that. And I think he was from January to that point, I thought he was the, probably the best centre midfielder in the world. So, yeah, I've got to go Kevin De Bruyne on that one. Most improved, same as you, Newcastle, for all the reasons above you've given. So I won't go into that. Uh, young player, I'm going to go back to Saka. Yeah. I think he's um, played a massive part in what Arsenal are doing. Love, he was my second choice. Yeah, love uh, love watching him play. So direct. Um, uh, yeah, so I just, it was out of him or... I can't think of the, the other guy I got in there. But anyway, yeah, I went with Saka. Team to watch. Now, team to watch is a bit of a, an interesting one here. I've gone Man United. And I know that yeah. might sound like it's... People are probably listening thinking, God, is that all you talk about at Man United? But I just think it's quite fascinating to watch them at the minute in this this transitional period they're in under, um, I'm going to say Van Hall then, Ten Hag. <laughs> um, depending if they're bringing anyone in in the, in the January, I've heard you know, hot and cold things, whether they're going to bother or not. They might just bring in loan players at the time. So obviously they've been linked with, I've mentioned the top of the show, Dumfries and um, De Jong. So if they manage to get them sort of players, I just think watch this space because I think they can really push on in the second half of the season. And then player to watch, I have gone Cody Gakpo. Um, I, I don't think it can't not be. I think it'll be fascinating to watch him as well. Just obviously he's made the massive decision to choose Liverpool over, over United. United were essentially a done deal for him. And then he's took a left turn and gone to Liverpool. So that's instantly going to put eyes on him. So yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think it'll be fascinating to watch in the second half of the season, me. Nice. Kemp, like have, you, uh, have you got yours or do you want a bit more time? No, I'm I'm struggling with this one to be honest, lads. Um, it's it's a big area to cover in five ten minutes. <laughs> what I'm probably going to do is go away, and then on the next uh, on the next episode, I'm going to come back with mine if that's all right. You got yours loaded, Ag? I have, mate. Yeah, and I think it, a, a couple of mine have been taken by you two respectively. So my club is no. the year. Locks, mate. You can have them if you want. Yeah, I've had Newcastle, same as Skim. Yeah, but I mean, improved. I've gone Newcastle for most improved as well. To be fair, you so can't I'll, not. I'll don't start think. by that. I think, like you say, just what they've done and the turnaround that they've done to now be competing in the top four speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, club of the year, I have gone Arsenal, the same as you, Sam. Top nice. of the league, seven points clear at the moment. Just a couple of new signings that took place in the summer have really steered the ship for Arsenal. And a lot of people were saying that they were just a couple of signings away from being a bit more of a competitive side. But I don't think anyone really expected them to be at, at this level at this point of the season either. Um, player of the year, I've gone for Erling Haaland. Um, yeah. After a fantastic time in the Premier League so far, he's still got a lot that he's going to go out there and prove no doubt and what he was doing before he even joined Manchester City as well. Um, young player, I have gone for Jude Bellingham, the leadership that he's shown um, at the World Cup for me and I know he's been doing it for Dortmund before that. I did have a lot of questions when they signed him from Birmingham and I thought this is a bit of a bizarre one considering how much they've just paid and obviously Birmingham <laughs> retiring the number. Especially when they retired his shit. Yeah, yeah, and I thought... What's they've said since on? that that was more about putting in history about what you can achieve once it that was the reason like which i kind of get what seems a bit extreme but yeah fair enough yeah. um to watch in 2023 i was gutted when you went for this sam because i thought nobody else would have gone for it i've got right. cody gakpo <laughs> i did go for him and think you know what there's a very strong chance he's going to go out there and really help liverpool out like you say he was expected to go to man united turned at the last minute and went to liverpool 
Um, but I've also gone for Newcastle as the team to watch in 2023, whilst I've got them as the most improved because, yes, from 19th up until 3rd is an incredible improvement. I still think that Newcastle are just going to go from strength to strength, and I think next season that top four battle is going to be phenomenal. I don't know how Arsenal are going to compete with Man City next year. It might be just those two battling for top two, and then you've got a couple of sides in fighting for third and fourth. But at the moment, you've got Tottenham who are always there and thereabouts. You've got uh, Liverpool with the sign of Gakpo, I think, as well, once their injuries are all resolved. I think they'll be there or thereabouts again. United, you can't really write them off like you've just said, Sam, as your team to watch in 2023. So there's only two spots and already you've got three sides and that's whilst leaving out the likes of uh, Chelsea as well. So I think Newcastle will be there or thereabouts next season as well, fighting for top four. And I think that'll be a bit more of a consistency for them. They've set that kind of that pathwork for them to be able to move from strength to strength on a year-by-year basis, I think. Yeah, um, just <clears throat> before I get the feeling we're about to move on to our locks. So yes. just before we do that, I just have one subject I'd like to broach with you all because I've seen, I should have probably done it after the Pele segment really, but I've just seen in, within the last hour that Gianni Infantino, FIFA president, is going to ask every nation in the world to name a football stadium after Pele. That is not a joke. That's literally just come out on BBC Sports, Sky Sports News right now. What is your your lot's opinion on that because if I'm being honest I think it's absolutely ridiculous I agree I think that is very complicated if you look at let's just say England for for the easiest example top tier clubs are very much about naming rights now and getting sponsorships and funds through letting a business name have their name on their stadium so at what level would you do that would yeah. you do would you do it just at a I don't know a National League North team, but then what's the connection? I, I don't really understand. I, 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 I get why you'd say it. The but... stadium to the Pelé Arena. It's it's crazy. It is. It's, 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 I, I, I'm going completely sort of with you, Sam. There, and irrespective of naming rights or anything like that, I think it's absolutely stupid. Pelé never played football. He only played football in Brazil and the US, I believe. Yeah, he went and played at international tournaments elsewhere, but he played Santos and then Cosmos. somewhere in the MLS. Cosmos was it? That's it. So yeah, I mean, no, not not. I'm not having it for a second. It's not. He was a legend of the game. There's no question about it. So was Maradona. So was Johan Cruyff. But you can't ask teams and federations and organisations from all over the world to name at least one stadium after Pele because he's he bears no resemblance or no significance to that specific club themselves, especially if it's in England. So, yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous ask. And uh, unfortunately, Infantino seems to just be taking his foot out of one hole and, and putting it in another time after time. So, yeah, um, I mean, typical I mean, FIFA. And- and this and this is from an English perspective, right? You imagine asking an Argentine football club to change their name to Pele, like yeah. what? They just it's not going to happen, is it? Like the massive rivals, Argentina and Brazil, and you just you just think, why on earth would anybody be willing to do that? Like like Kemp says, he's never stepped foot out anywhere other than South America and America. So what relevance does he have to that that particular club? It's just it's baffling to me, it really is. And we mean this with the least amount of disrespect possible. No, of course. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no disrespect. There's no disrespect. Whatsoever. There's no disrespect whatsoever. Not at all. I mean, when Bobby Moore died, if the if, if a Brazilian on a Brazilian podcast said, <laughs> "No, what we we shouldn't have to name our stadium after Bobby Moore," I'd completely <laughs> agree with him. You know, Pele, yeah. one of the one of the greatest of all time. There's no question about that. And full respect and thoughts go out to his family. But the re- request from Infantino 
is preposterous. And that's not that a slight really on Pele. That's a slight on FIFA. Slight on him, yeah. Slight on Gianni and Patano. And yeah. like, obviously, Maradona died what two years ago? Yeah. He was always on mentioned in the same breath as Pele. Why wasn't this? I would, I would, I would personally have Maradona down as a better player, in my opinion. But and that's a it's, controversial it's a topic that we can get to another. Yeah, of course, it's a different conversation but entirely. It is. It? It's a different conversation. But again, the, we weren't having these conversations about Maradona. No. But whether that be because of his personal life and things that went off behind the scenes, I don't know. And will we? And, and and you know, say 50, 60, 70 years down the line, we're going, when obviously Messi passes away, are they going to have some, they're going to have these same conversations again because he's currently the best player in the world? And how will the Brazilians feel about that? Exactly. It's, 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 it's and it's crazy, the boots on the other foot, isn't it? Crazy so. topic. There we go. Let's move on to the locks and the wild cards. Then, Skin, I believe you've got them all written down. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> we do apologise before we continue. Yeah, you backed any uh, of these. Yeah, it's it's not been the best week. Um, Sam, thankfully, I'm sure will be or has been sighing, uh, breathing a sigh. Oh my god! I can't, Go on, I, mate. Go on. It, it's it's hurt my head how bad it's been this week. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's been a bit of sense of relief from yourself, Sam, that more than yourself have got locks wrong this week. But um, for the locks, I had Stevenage who played today. They scraped a one nil win against Gillingham, so that's a tick for me. Aggie had Chelsea, who drew 1-1 away at Notts Forest. Sam had Man City, the lockest of lockets. What a joke. Pure, the lockest of locks, purely just to try and get himself one on the board. And they drew 1-1, as mentioned earlier. And Kemp had Liverpool to beat Leicester on Friday night, which they did, thanks to two own goals, comical own You're goals. You're a facey boy. You're a boy. So he gets a tick as well. For scorers, I had Mo Salah to score in that game against Liverpool. He didn't need to, uh, so that is a cross. Aggie had Harry Kane. He didn't score, so that is a cross. Sam had Erling Haaland, so you do get a tick there, mate. And Kemp had Mitrovic for Fulham, who missed a penalty and then didn't score outside. I think think before you continue, these... These wheel spins every week on who determines to go first on the football scorers. It's just going to be whoever gets first quid Ireland every week. Oh, we'll see, mate. We've got Not the skinny, list still going Langstaff. Starting. I'm still going Langstaff, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, still going him. But uh, our listener lock-in is starting this week and the listener will always go first. So that could throw a, a spanner in the works for whatever our order is after that for, for that tactic. But we'll see. Um, On to the wild cards. I'll cover this very quickly because they are four crosses. I had Bournemouth. Nope. I had Leeds, who did get a draw away at Newcastle. So fair play to you, mate. Sam had Brighton, as we mentioned, got battered 4-2 by Arsenal. And Kemp had Swansea today, who lost 2-1 at home to top of the championship, Burnley. So, Aggie, you got about as close to a, a win there with Leeds draw at Newcastle. So uh, for the football, I got one out of three. Aggie got zero out of three. Sam got one out of three. And Kemp also got one out of three. So it is a very depressing three-way tie going into the NFL results to see who gets the top score this week. Cheers for that skin. So in just a few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss and review week 17, the penultimate week of the regular season in the NFL. Welcome back to episode 18 of Loaded Sport, where we're now going to Loaded review... Loaded Sport! Uh, Aggie, episode yes. 18, not week 18. I said episode 18. 
You said week 18. Nah, you're lying. I said episode. And it begins. <laughs> <laughs> you're just there to wind me up. This is going to be chaotic, I can tell already. Reviewing week 17 of the NFL season on episode 18 of Loaded Sport. There's been plenty of permutations cut down, looking at Ooh. some of the sides that can no longer make it the into... Word, the playoffs. Elimination. It's, it's, playoffs, it's, baby. It's a great word. If only I could fucking nah, understand how like the it, NFL like playoffs it. work. Um, I'm trying to get my head around the standings, and Sam, you had to go really into like dumbing it down for me, didn't you? I did. I really did. Um, it, it basically wants to know why the Packers had at a. Um, if it was all on level points, why were the Packers taking precedence over the Seahawks? So I had to explain to him that. We have a better conference record, is is what it goes down to. We've got we've got identical division records, um, and then once they once they're tied, it will go down to your conference record, which is how many wins you've got against other teams within your you know NFC or AFC, um, and that is why we have a better record. I think we've got two wins on you in that, so that's why if the if the Packers and the Seahawks both win next week, the Packers are in and the Seahawks are not. The Seahawks need the Lions to win. So I can actually that one up very quickly simplify that even more basically it comes down to who would you rather see in the playoffs Packers or Seahawks and the answer is Packers so that's why they'd be <laughs> that's definitely the why would you want it? to be fair out of any of those three you'd go Lions wouldn't you aside yeah, that's informed at the moment just Stan to say they've got there yeah why don't you ask me that <laughs> sure Sam wouldn't yeah, fucking hell that one. Yeah. to be fair no because I'm sure about three or four weeks ago or maybe mate, even a little bit mate, longer. Sam turned around and said three or four weeks. he did yeah, not want to be in the deep. playoff. Now they're informed. Give him Jordan now he's ready. He weren't now he's interested. Ready. Um, he's fucking ready. Before we go into the depths of talking about Green Bay then, I'll just oh. put in to say congratulations, Kemp, as the Giants yeah! have confirmed they are inside <laughs> of the playoffs. Giants are in Big the playoffs. Big baby. Yes, we did it. For the first time in, what is it, six years? Yeah, 2016. Oh, the boat, the boat pick, the Odell boat oh, pick. Oh, the boat pick! It went downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm. I was so happy. I watched the game last night. We were, we were absolutely dominant. Um, I, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so delighted. The team seem so well drilled and just so yeah. cohesive. And it just Stable seems like man. a, it just seems like a real positive and exciting time. Um, and I've been waiting for this for a long time. So I'm, I'm very happy, boys. Thank you for the because I know you've obviously not been in the... You've not been following the NFL for that many years, have you? So I'm guessing around 2016, you was probably quite early following them. Is that right? I was, yeah, I was. Yeah, I so mean, I quite take it in as much. No, I mean, the first time... I mean, to be fair, I would probably say that 2016, that, that season, was the first season where I was really properly watching yeah. the NFL. So it was great. We made the playoffs. And then that first initial disappointment at Lambeau You think, Field. oh, great, we'll go again next year. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. We'll go again next Six year. Six years later. Like easy this. Easy this playoff I was business. thinking it's like a, yeah, like a Premier League side thing where, you you know, if you're in it one year, chances are you're in it next year as well. I learned that the hard way. But yeah, uh, delighted, very happy. And uh, roll on wildcard weekend. It's the first time in a oh. long time. I'm looking forward to seeing my team play oh. in the playoffs. Let's yeah, just take a second. Sunday, mate. Let's just take a second. I know we're we're not covering it this this episode, but Wildcard Weekend is on the horizon. Wow, what weekend a weekend! Best weekend of the year. Best weekend of the year by far. <clears throat> there we go. Moving across to the AFC, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure at the moment. Skin, can the Patriots still make it? Of course they can. Yeah, it's in their hands. I'm not entirely sure. Bills. 
Uh, Bills, sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got to beat the Bills. They can actually still make it if they don't beat the Bills, which they won't. Uh, but they need like three other games to go their way. So it's basically a winning in and a lose. It's 95% sort of that they're out. But the only issue I've got is that if they do get in, fair enough, they'll beat the Bills. But if they don't win at the weekend and then the other three things that need to happen happen and they end up winning, they're going to have to go back to Buffalo in the wildcard weekend anyway. Um, So I'm not looking for, well, it depends obviously I've, who will them or Chiefs gets the number two spot? But yeah, I'm not I'm not looking forward to that anyway. Because if they do get in, it'll be seventh seed. So I don't really so, see the point. I'm, I'm not that excited about it. That's the probably tell. Right, uh, moving on to the NFC side of things. Then back to where we uh, we started by talking about Green Bay and the game against uh, Detroit coming up. But first, oh my god, Sam, just tell us your thoughts as you went through the entire. Game against oh, the Vikings. What a, what a game, honestly. I, I thought the um, I thought the Dolphins Christmas Day game were good, but this this topped it. It was even better. So the scorelines the scoreline shows that the Vikings scored seventeen. That I'd ignore fourteen of them points. It was essentially yeah, garbage. It was essentially, yeah, got two garbage score touchdowns. It was essentially forty-one-three. Um, it was an absolute rout. Uh, defense turned up. Special teams turned up. I mean. That Keyshawn Nixon uh, touchdown return, 105 yards. I think it's the first time since like the 60s uh, since Green Bay have had a, a, a kick, you know, a kickoff return for a touchdown and a defensive touchdown in the same game since, nice. since the 60s. That is so. Yeah, little record breaking there. And Rogers, you look at his stat line. I mean, let me just pull that up. It's not great, is it? No, 15 no, completions, just, 159 just that, yards. That's all we need him to do now, though. It's just 15 of 24, 159 yards and a touchdown. No, don't turn the ball over. Don't no fumbles. Um, and then you look at like Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 111 yards, averaging 7.9 yards a carry. It was immense. We've got AJ yeah. Dillon who grabbed the touchdown for us. And Rogers, bless him, we got in for his uh, a rushing touchdown. And we've seen the little glimpse of the championship belt come out there. And you just start to think, yeah. oh my God, it's all clicking again. It's happening <laughs> again. And I start getting a little bit giddy when I see that, uh, that, uh, that championship belt come out. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right to mention previously, Ag, that probably four weeks ago. I was, I was absolutely, we were dead and buried. I was saying, may as well bring Love in, see what we've got with him. But it just shows what all fucking idiots now, isn't it? Just, you know, someone like Rogers has been there, been around the block. He's been telling everyone time and time again this season that we, all we need to do is win one and then the rest should follow. And that's exactly what we've done. We're one of the form teams in the NFL now. We've got four wins on the bounce. And that game against the Lions is just, oh, baby. It's a tasty one. It's, I just, I'm just praying it's not flexed to the... Um, to the late game, and I kind of know it's, it's going to be in it. It's like the biggest game next weekend. It's like the, yeah. the game where there's so much to play for, and I think that's going to be flexed to a uh, probably one one twenty a.m. Monday yeah. morning. They, they've said the 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 saving grace or the bit of hope I'll give you is because of the Seahawks Rams game. There is potential for both those games being played at the same time, which you would assume would be that nine twenty five window. That'd be that'd be just, fucking incredible. Just, so that's that's little seed of hope that I'll give you based on what I've seen today but the the key there for me you, you mentioned the defensive stats the special teams stepping up you know the Green Bay putting 40 plus on the board with Rodgers only throwing for 159 yards but yet again you look at the stats the 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 wins and losses when Aaron Jones runs for over 100 yards compared yep. to when he rushes under 
is the key again. So yeah, that boy it, cook him. Like, like you said, mate, anyone but the Niners is there your bogey team in the playoffs. But no, right now, I, no. I wouldn't fancy playing Green Bay in a, in a knockout game. So, yes, yeah, of course. Them, yeah, of course, I'm going to say that. That's complete Green Bay bias here. But I just, I know there's not a team in that playoff place. Now, Mudge will be disagreeing with me here if he was on. I know it would. But I don't think there's a team in that, that, that playoff fixture right now that wants to play Green Bay. Mate, if think, I'm honest, if I was a Green Bay, look at, well, just looking from a neutral perspective, other than Niners, I think I would take you right now against any, even against the Dallas, even against the Eagles. I think oh, I would, I would bold. pick the Packers. I know, oh I, I genuinely would. So, oh my God, that's making my bum twitch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that time of year I get into it. It's playoffs. I mean, we've been playing playoff football for two weeks now, so we're we're already in that mindset. And I don't think the Vikings were. We've we've come into this game just knowing there's only one result that we can afford, and we've we've laid everything out on the line. And we've just absolutely demolished and Vikings just didn't turn up. Um Justin Jefferson was just a, a no show. Um uh and yeah, no, I, I just can't ask for anything more. It was a it was a wonderful game to be a part of. Uh, be a part of like I've been fucking playing. Wonderful game to <laughs> spectate. There, You're on bench. <laughs> wonderful game to spectate. And uh, yeah, it's down to the lines now. Both both back to back home games as well, which you know a team like Lions and Vikings, both indoor indoor teams, they've yeah. both beaten us as well this season. Obviously, we've got that win back over the Vikings. Now we just need to make sure the Lions don't sweep us. And uh, and yeah, we can get us. Uh, I think we're playing as it stands. Who would it be? It would be San Fran, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think yeah San Fran have got the, they've got the second seed. So if we snuck in at the seventh, it would be. Packers traveling to Santa Clara and would uh, would be playing the the old 49ers so it's it's definitely not it's not a gimme by any stretch I'm not uh, like you said other than Niners you'd fancy us against anyone but unfortunately it would be the Niners we're playing so we'll see Aggie, talk to us about your Seahawks, mate. A, a relatively comfortable win against the Jets. I, I wasn't watching the game. I was flicking between darts and, and red zone at, at the time in those later games, so I was only seeing the odd bits, but it seemed like it was never really in doubt, the result, from, from what I saw. No, from when we got things going, to be fair, you're absolutely right. We got a score on the board nice and early. What, what did worry me to begin with was the lack of usage for your DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett sort of connection. I know Lockett had just come back from a broken finger, so maybe that makes a bit more sense. But I think DK only finished with one reception in the entirety of the game. The most, the play with the most receptions in that game for us was our tight ends. And I suppose if that's what's going to get it over the line, that gets it over the line. Our defence had been struggling the last couple of weeks. The fact that the Jets, who, OK, they've not been in the greatest of form, but knew that if they lost, they weren't going to have a chance to make the playoffs at all. Didn't even get a touchdown. Fills me with a little bit more confidence. We've got a couple of interceptions there as well. Diggs um, and Jackson both getting interceptions. So, fills me with a bit of confidence. The fact that I now know that Green Bay are going up against Detroit and if they win, we're out anyway, regardless. Loses a little bit of confidence. I thought it was a case of if we won, regardless of what happens with Green Bay, we'd, we'd be in. But now Sam's explained it. It's a completely different situation. Um, I don't think we make it. I think Green Bay do. But, Naturally, I'd like to see us do it just because it's more of an underdog story, isn't it? No one really expected us to do anything. I remember before the season started, um, Mudge told me that uh, we were an offense and a defense away from a Super Bowl. And I don't at all expect <laughs> us to make it to the Super Bowl. That's class from him. <laughs> I thought we were doing all right, him. to be fair. I thought, oh, we're in a good position here. Yeah, we've given up Russ, but we'll be all right. And he says, no, you're an offense and a defense away from a Super Bowl. And 
I don't expect Brilliant. us to get all the way to big, the big fan at special teams. <laughs> oh yeah, mate, Dixon won it best punters in the league. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think I'd like to see us make the playoffs just because it's an underdog because nobody expected anything from us. But I really don't think we're going to do much there. So if we did it, it'd just be to give whoever gets the second seed effectively a free pass through, isn't it? And like you hey, say, any given Sunday. Well, yeah, but we've played San Fran twice and they've tore us to pieces on both occasions. So you know, any third time lucky, maybe. Sunday. Maybe. All I'm it's saying that is, time of year, all, it's that time, exactly. It's that time of year. If you think back to. Um, I think the first season Brady joined the books. I mean, I know you're not on the books or Brady's level, but um, the Saints swept the books. They were the only team that really gave them fits in, in the, that opening game of the season. Regular season, oh. they fucking hammered them both games. Um, got into playoffs. Everyone was thinking, well, it's foregone, foregone conclusion that the uh, the Saints do it, and they didn't, did they? Brady finally stepped up and beat them when it mattered. Good. It's just it's them sort of games where it's just it's literally win win or go home. So. You just get to the playoffs. That's the, that's the thing. And then once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, last time we won it, we we come in as the backdoor six seed. So um, we, we, it's similar to what's uh, what's happening right now, to be honest. And we had to go on the road and play uh, play every every game on the road, and, and we managed to managed to win the win the Super Bowl. So anything can happen once you're in that playoffs. That's, that's all you got to keep thinking. Yeah, one of my eyes is always looking at the draft. To be fair, and. Whilst if we did miss out, we'd get a higher pick. Denver are doing a very good job of giving us a high pick as it is anyway, yeah. so we've got no to really worry about that. I think we're in very similar positions in our fandom, aren't we, and where our teams are sat at and where we're on the cusp of getting a playoff spot. We don't really want it because we've got absolutely no confidence in them getting anywhere with it. And then in the back of our mind, we're thinking about that draft position as well off the back of it. So, yeah, I think me and you are pretty identical in terms of where we're at, what we think about our teams, where the teams themselves are at with the draft and the playoff implications. So, Very similar, actually. Two, uh, two very well-versed coaches as well. Like, Because yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone, if, if if the Patriots did make it, I don't think there's anyone that I particularly want to see them. They're, they're a really horrible team to play against. You, you, they never really get blown out. It's always a pretty yeah. close game. Uh, I, I would think... agree if it was, you know, like a Ravens that are there or... Bengals, I'm not really sure because they they've come on really well. But it's just I know if we get in with that seventh seed, so we're going to a Chiefs or a Bills. Yeah, but yeah, but so if you get if you're thinking of the scenario, if you get in, will mean you've just beaten the Bills. So you'll have yeah. a massive you'll have a massive. Maybe, maybe not. We might get battered like we did in the playoffs last year. Absolutely embarrassing, probably most embarrassing playoff loss in Patriots history in yeah, Buffalo. Right. And then the other the other, I think Jags need to lose, Jets need to lose, and Dolphins need to win or something like that. It's along those lines. So we could get absolutely hammered. Those three things happen, still make it in, and then it be like right, we've got to go there again now. And the last two times we've been, we've been absolutely blown out. So. Yeah, that's you're right though. If if we get in off our own back, it is because yeah. we've beaten the Bills. But yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm not I'm not too confident. Similar to Aggie, to be honest. Very nice. There we go. Um, moving on to the locks, then we'll have plenty more to talk about with the permutations on the preview show later this week. Oh, we will. So. I had Chargers to win to beat the Rams, and they did. So, Sam, yet again, you don't have to worry about me letting you down on your bet. Um, I had CMC to score against the Raiders, which he did, and I had the Bears to beat Lions. They got absolutely battered 41-10, so didn't make that one. So, for the NFL, I got two out of three, giving me a total of three out of six. So, only a 50% success rate this week. Uh, Aggie, you had the Niners to beat Raiders, which, as I mentioned there, they did. So, that is a tick for you. 
you had Cam Akers as your scorer. And despite the fact that he had a really strong game and produced over 100 rushing yards, he didn't get into the end zone. So that is a cross for you. And you had the Texans to beat the Jags, which again, they didn't. So that is one out of three for you on the NFL, giving you one out of six this week, mate. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, get out. That's rough. I've proper Tom Kempty, Anna. <laughs> that's a bad one, that. It's a bit of a stinker. It's yeah. it's funny you say that, so I'll, I'll go on to Kemp next. Oh, Kemp, you had Eagles to win uh, against the Saints, which they didn't do. Fair play to the Saints and, and their defence. They absolutely stifled and swarmed over that uh, number one offence, which, granted, isn't the same with Minshew as it is with Hurts in at quarterback. Uh, you had Evan Engram to score for the Jags. He didn't, so that is a cross. And you had the Rams as your wild card to beat Mylock Chargers, which, as we know, also didn't. So you got zero out of three on the NFL. Oh, my God. Only person to fail to get a tick for the NFL. So adding that to your one out of three, you, like Aggie, got one out of six. So Aggie perfectly described it as doing a Tom Kemp. Kemp, you are pretty shocking at this. And as of Thursday, our 2023 tracker is coming into play. What do you think you need to do to turn it around and put more success? Nothing, mate. Nothing. I'm just hustling you. Trust me, as soon as that tracker comes into play, it's six out of six every week, baby. No, to be fair, I'm not angry at myself myself about those picks because I thought the Eagles were going to win. I thought that was a pretty safe bet, but they didn't. Engram played a really good game from the stats that I saw, and literally the only thing that he didn't do was score a touchdown. And a wild card's a wild card, isn't it? So... I'm not too. I'm not too disappointed, and like you say, the league table's not in place just yet. So I've got a few days to turn it around. I can't wait for this time next year when we're breaking down the tracker, and you've got a 13% success rate for the whole <laughs> in 2023. Um, but we'll see. And then Sam joining me at the top of the leaderboard, which ain't much of a brag on 50%, but you have to take it as a win, don't you? Uh, you had the Chiefs to win, which they did uh, in in a surprisingly close game against the Broncos. I, I, I said that, don't I? I said that. Yeah. I said uh, when we were going through them, I said, you know what? This week I went, uh, I went confident on. Uh, on any of my picks, really, and I, and I says I'm going to go for the Chiefs to beat the Broncos, but I did say I don't think by any means it's going to be a um, a walk in the park for him with the with the Broncos just firing the head coach. It just sends to send ripples throughout the franchise. Just lets everyone know, you know, you're all up for playing for places again. And it just, yeah, I, I did uh, I did expect it to be close, to be honest. Yeah, you called that absolutely perfectly, mate. So interesting to see what will happen in Denver. Probably the wrong time, really, with only one game left, but yeah. gives them something to work on, on in the off-season. Uh, you are Justin Jefferson to score a touchdown against the Packers, which, as we know, didn't because... Never, never been so happy to be wrong in my life. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm sure you'll be happy with that, with uh, how they, they covered him. Jair Alexander, an absolute beast on, on Sunday doing night. that gritty. Oh, Brilliant. Love it. Love to see it. Also, just off the back of that, I know it's not completely related, but the taunting penalty in NFL is the worst penalty in NFL. Like You should be able to celebrate and get yeah. people's faces. And uh, yeah. you did land your wild card as well, mate. You had the Steelers to beat the Ravens, which I don't want to claim an assist for that. But if you go back and listen, I did say, what about the Steelers? And uh, you did take them. But Kenny Pickett throwing a very late, very good touchdown pass to Najee Harris to claim the win late on within the last 60 seconds. And Kenny Pickett isn't really sort of shocking a lot of people with how good he is or carrying that franchise, but he is clutch. He's got multiple fourth quarter winning drives now in his young career and uh, has put Mike Tomlin now on the cusp of somehow ending the season yet again with a winning record. He's never had a losing record for the Steelers. 
about six weeks ago, it looked like it was a done deal, and they now go into the last game of the season, eight and eight. So somehow he has helped turn that around. So you get a tick for that, mate, which yeah. puts you uh, exactly the same as me, mate. One out of three for the football, two out of three for the NFL, giving you a final total of three out of six, and making you and myself the uh, the joint winners for this week. But yeah. Not you've, got a, you've got a disease, mate. You've got a fucking disease. I ain't got a disease. I'm, I'm the only one that's got a fucking wild card win, and you're trying to stick your fucking all in, taking Don't some care, kind mate. of credit for it. That, right, you, you've I'm got the, a disease, right. man. You've got a disease. All right. All right. I'm the only one that got both locks right. Yeah, that's fine. You would get. You should get credit for that. But don't fucking come in taking my picks off me. <laughs> He's the, reason that you've got. he's the reason yeah, that you've got. He's the reason. Yeah, thank you. Himself. Yeah, yeah. So, he's right because I got him on Sampin' Niche, yeah, yeah, you should be. You should be on your knees thanking yeah. him. Go back and listen serious. to the preview show, and I said, "What about the Steelers, mate?" And you went, "Yeah, me, you know me, what? Me, yeah, me, I'll, I'll me, go me, Steelers." Me. Is your favourite player Ben Me? It's not actually. <laughs> it's uh, we'll, we'll get into that shortly when we cover our players of the week. Where's the other player? Yeah, well, <laughs> is. I don't mind who wants to start. Uh, Kemp, we've not heard much from you on the NFL section, so we'll start with you. Play with the week. Anything else I can say apart from? Let's go big blue. <laughs> I was very disappointed by my lot letting me down. Uh, I didn't think the Philadelphia Eagles would, but hey, it is what it is. Um, they were they, they got the starting quarterback down, so what can you do? But I think the player of the week for me is I'm going to stick to big blue and I'm going to say it's Danny Dimes. Be. It's got to be. I knew it. I knew it. it had to be. He, he was so efficient in our game. He didn't do anything silly. He played really, really smart stuff. He's got he's got legs, which we all know. He's got he's got wheels and, and he, he, he's and he decent gets when first he's not tripping up over form. him, is he? He's not tripping up over him anymore, I tell you. He's got that confidence. But yeah, um, a really efficient game. Knew when to throw the ball. Knew when to to to, to rely on on Saquon and the run. Um, and we put up thirty eight points, and uh, and a lot of that was down to DJ. Nineteen um, completions from twenty four attempts, one hundred and seventy seven yards, and two touchdowns. That's so very Daniel tired. Jones that is. Very tired performance. Just efficient. Just yeah. efficient. And that's yeah. the thing is that's I don't I don't really necessarily we don't need somebody like Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball all over the you know all over the field we just mm. need efficiency and somebody that can just get the job done and you know the, the news looks like it's come out that that DJ and Saquon Barkley are both signing you know new contracts with us um and, I, and I'm quite happy with that I'm quite happy with that I feel like Dayball can feels like he can build the franchise around these two lads and uh Let's see if he can. So, if yeah, I'm being honest, mate, I think I think you've done him a slight injustice here because you, you've met you've mentioned how yeah, yeah, unbelievably yeah, ac- it, yeah. accurate it was in his passing game, in his well, rushing two, game, two rushing touchdowns two, as well. Two ru- two rushing touchdowns, yeah. and he was actually your boy's top rusher that day. He got 91 yards on ground. Even Saquon only got 58, so he got yeah, 91 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he got four touchdowns essentially. And that's the good thing though yeah. about Jones as well. He's, he's a real he's a real dual threat. And I think people don't see him as that, but but he really is. And you know, you've got Saquon Barkley and Matt Breeder that are both very decent running bikes. But then when the the the, the defensive line focuses on those one of those two players or or both if they're both in the backfield, that space does open up for DJ to uh, to run it in for a touchdown or a first down. So uh, he's a very good du- du- dual threat, and um, he, he was very efficient in his passing as well. So I think yeah, I think you're I'd probably say go DJ. I reckon you're probably one. One receiver away, I reckon, from being a really good offense. 
I think if you get that yeah. proper proper number one receiver, you know, I know you've got a, a, a lot of lot of decent receivers, a couple of decent receivers, but I just don't think you've got that one standard. I know you've got no. there who's been a train yeah. wreck, to be honest. But yeah, he has, and I was hoping that Darius Slayton would be that that number one receiver, but he's just not quite got there. He's just not quite there. I mean, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, both got touchdowns at the weekend, yeah. and decent decent receivers, no question about They're it. Good like number three receivers, got, aren't they? Yeah, I wouldn't even. Yeah, and even even twos. To be fair, I, I won't mind them as twos, but that yeah, that number one receiver to to real really pin your hopes on and and get that that crucial play when you need it we've not got that so uh, you need you need a, a big body you need like a, a t higgins Devante. type player uh, i think that would be pivotal for, for but that works DJ's but, but progression. we've got but we've got obviously daniel bellinger who's who's our tight end he's been really good he's been fantastic and he's a big body six foot five 253 pound he's he's a big boy and he works really well in our offense so i reckon if we get a a slot receiver who's of a similar uh, ilk then i think it'll um yeah definitely definitely help us going forward but in dayball we in dayball and uh, and shane we trust nice there we go sam we'll come across to you next player of the week i have got to go for my boy Jair Alexander, um, he was just absolutely unbelievable yesterday. He was guarding the best receiver in the league. We, he smoked us in the in game one. I think he had over 150 yards receiving and a score. So he called it. He said it was gonna. It was a. Um, it was a fluke pre-game, which I didn't uh, didn't really like. I can't lie because I thought you know do you talking afterwards, but he did the talking on the field. He completely locked him down. Justin Jefferson, he had one reception for 15 yards against us. Like I say, compare that to week one. It's just night and day. He was, uh, it was, it was probably the best best player on the field for us. I think Jair and just seeing him do the gritty over over him was just uh, very sweet indeed. So yeah, I'm going to give it to my boy Jair Alexander. There we go, uh, Skin. Thank you very much, mate. Now I would love to give it potentially for the last time to my hero, Tom Brady. So I will give him an honourable mention for 432 passing yards, three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, which, uh, you know, 45 years of age is, is absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's really good at any age, let's be honest. But I'm going to have to give it to the man that won me and, and will have won quite a lot of people, the uh, fantasy Gotta football be. league this, this year. And that is Mike Evans, 10 receptions, 207 yards, three touchdowns, what more can you say and what more yeah. do you need? He got me almost 50 points in my PPR league and almost single-handedly won me won me the title for, for our work fantasy league, as I'm sure he did for quite a lot of people. So, yeah, player of the week this week has to be Mike Evans. I think, I think he single-handedly won the game for them as well, to be honest. I think if he's out there, they're not winning that game if he's not out there. Yeah, they books went into that fourth quarter, 14-10 um, t- uh, down. They put up 20 points in that fourth quarter and Mike Evans put up two touchdowns in that quarter, 57 and 30 yards. Both of them great grabs. And again, both of them, to be fair, great throws from Brady as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a different offence. And again, credit to Mike Evans. He's now, well, he's just about to complete his ninth season in the league and he's gone for a thousand plus receiving yards in every single one of them, which is a, a phenomenal accolade to have. And there's not a lot of people in history that are able to say that they've done that. Yeah. That's understandable. I just want to uh, show a little bit of irritation for the fact you've took my uh, my player of the week by giving him an honorary mention. So it's really pointless <laughs> me going through Tom Brady. I did I win. I to, mate. I might never get the opportunity again. Yeah, no, that that's fair. 
all things considered. Um, I did win the Super Bowl with him getting me 37 points. So I'm going to have to go for the uh, the other guy that throughout this entire year has helped me fantasy. But this week especially, put up 32 points. But more importantly, looking at the statistics, averaging 12 yards per carry. Uh, from 10 attempts, it 122 rushing yards with two rushing touchdowns and got four receptions for 39 yards. On top of that, um, in a 31-10 win for the Chargers, I'm going with the guy that just seems to be making that offense roll at the moment in Austin Eckler. He helped me uh, win the fantasy, but more importantly, he played a huge part in the Chargers winning against the Rams. He's played a huge part in that offense and, and that team getting into uh, the playoff picture. And I think while Justin Herbert has been struggling, Eckler's been like a, a shining light for them, hasn't he, this year? Yeah, definitely. And they've had a lot of injuries, I think, at one point out of their sort of ideal starting 55-man squad. They had about 52, 53% of them available. The rest were injured in and out in some way. So to to still get to the playoffs is a massive credit. And yeah, Austin Eckler is a, is a big part of that. Mark Williams has been fantastic these last few weeks. Some of the catches he made, he made a one-hand grab yesterday, which would be, it'll be top three catch of the season once it's all said and done. Keenan Allen is now back and is Mr. Reliable in that offence. So I'm interested to see what Chargers can offer in the playoffs. They, they've been expected to do more. They are in probably one of the, the toughest divisions in football and have to face the Chiefs twice a season. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they can do on, on wildcard weekend. There we go. I think that is all we've got time for this week. So, Skin, we'll come across to you for your question of the week. Thank you very much, mate. And it is for you this week, oh, Mr. And with the technical issues and for a little amount of time, no mic. Um, was that what it was, Kemp? Or have I butchered that? Just man with no mic, to be fair. Uh, um, fair it was fair. a fitting fitting retirement, but yeah, just a just man with no mic initially, but we've got him, he's here, and and you're going to ask him your question, so crack on. I've I've not been this absolutely good for for a retirement since Ric Flair lost to Shawn Michaels at oh, WrestleMania. It's all right, mate, he came they back got... out of retirement in July. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did. So hopefully we'll see it again someday but we'll see. Um, Adam, your question this week is, would you rather have sex with a dog and nobody knows that you had sex with a dog or would you rather not have sex with a dog but absolutely everybody forever will be convinced that you had sex with the dog? That's a great good question. For my own morals, I'd much rather not have had sex with the dog but everyone believe that I had. Just uh, I'll, I'll quickly answer the question then. Um, I'll have sex with the dog and then tell everyone anyway. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>